What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk here with the It's Lit Reviews team. I am Jake, joined by Adam, Cole, and Matt. We got no Ron here today this week. Uh, I'm sure he would have had some very interesting takes for us, as per usual. He's with us in spirit. Uh, we'll have to get his takes on this in some other, uh, in some other podcast in the future, because I have no doubt some of the topics we're discussing today he would find incredibly, uh, or I'm sure he would have some incredibly controversial opinions of them <laughs> without a doubt Jake, yeah. it's okay to say bad <laughs> <laughs> he's not even here to defend himself and matt's going for the jugular damn wow it's what it's what he'd want brutal bro. <laughs> i mean <laughs> probably <laughs> so before we get into everything today uh, we do have a tragedy that has hit hollywood and Naya Rivera over the weekend was found missing from a boat when she went, uh, I believe, just pontooning with her son. I don't know the full details of like the type of boat or anything like that, but she was found, I believe, yesterday or early today. It was um, earlier today. Earlier today. The body. <laughs> yeah, and I, I haven't seen official confirmation, but TMZ was saying that they had sources say, confirming it was her. Mm. And I mean, if it if it is, which I'm, which at this point I can't imagine it, it's not, because I mean, why would she seem like she was there with, to have a good time with her four year old son? It's very unlikely that she just abandoned him there. But um, uh, it is it, it is official now. Okay. They've confirmed. I know she was. Most people probably know her from the Glee series. Uh, and to be honest, I always thought as Santana, she was one of the if not the most talented people on the show that was overlooked for the, like the front runners, even though I thought she was a better talent than most of them. Uh, I didn't know what you guys thought about that or like your thoughts on like her and Glee as a whole. Uh, no, I, I would agree with you. I, I think she was one of the funnier people on Glee uh, and musically. Uh, I think she had a great voice and a very interesting style to her. Um, she was always one of my favorites to watch on that show. Oh yeah, especially since she had yeah you're right she had a lot more of the like a uh, comedic, mean girl like yeah, type of was, like lines that she, she was, was delivering all the time. She was the funny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the same thing. I mean, I always and I only really watched the first season, but like the her and Britney's character, the back and forth they had with Leah Michelle's character, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was just I thought it was funny, very memorable, and she was really good. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I think like a lot of people, Cole, to your point, like I might have stopped watching after some of the early seasons, but uh, she's definitely a memorable part of that for, for me. Uh, so I wanted to just take a quick moment of silence for her as, as we remember her career and uh, wish the best for the rest of her family who's going through something crazy right now and unimaginable. So. All right. On a totally different note, uh, HBO Max has released some recent news that I was I had every intention and Cole and Matt, I, you guys know this because we we discussed it in the background. I had every intention of trying not to bring up anything comic book related in today's podcast, <laughs> and it just outside you know, the of world like, just conspires against you sometimes. <laughs> But I mean, it's the state of Hollywood right now. Comic book movies, uh, whether DC or Marvel, mostly Marvel, um, are really running the the rough shot of Hollywood entertainment, everything content I mean, wise right now. It's where all the money is. So, and as long as that's where the money is at, people are going to keep uh, eating it up, and people are going to keep making more things. Which is a long way for us to say that DC has decided in their partnership with HBO Max 
that they are going to create a spinoff of the Batman. I believe it's the Batman movie. They're creating a spinoff of a TV series following the Gotham City Police Department. Matt, you were the yeah. first one to really notice. It's a, it's a spinoff of the upcoming movie starring Robert Pattinson uh, focused on the like day-to-day goings on at Gotham City PD. Which, to be honest, if it does, and I believe... Actually, I don't know. Have they released who they've cast as Commissioner Gordon for the Batman? Mm, I don't remember. Because that's really going to make or break the series, For in, in my opinion, is if they have a good Commissioner Gordon, then that series following GCPD can be a really good series, in my opinion. But if you have a weak lead actor in that situation where people don't love him in the movie, uh, I think it's going to have a much harder time getting off oh, the ground. No, they have. It's Jeffrey Wright. I yep. just looked it up. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright. Wright. I got to do some background background digging here. Jeffrey uh, Wright. Bernard from Westworld. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's a solid choice. I do too. I like him as an actor. Uh, it'll be interesting to see him play a little bit more of the... I guess I'm, I'm used to him being more of like the, the bad cop, kind of quiet, reserved kind of guy. In, uh, well, and you, you do have to remember, this is going to be a younger Commissioner Gordon than we're used to. True. Which makes me wonder if he's still going to keep the bald look or not, or are they going to are they going to have him growing out some hair, or is he just going to wear like a, a hat all the time? Uh, because young and bald tend not. I mean, unless it's a shaved head, I suppose. But that now we're just getting into things that don't really matter to the role as much. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just spitting semantics about what the character is going to look like. Uh, but overall, I think I'm really excited about that type of series. It seems very similar to what uh, the CW did with their city this the gotham series where they were following more of like the villains and they were following more of the gcpd and leaving bruce wayne the wayne family and every and batman all pretty much by themselves and not bringing them into the story outside of like occasional name drops um and that series went on for a long time had a had a big following and i think it's a, a really cool avenue to expand that dc universe so to speak yeah i mean this is uh, Obviously, we don't know what this movie is going to be like, but it seems from what we've seen so far that it's going to be uh, on the like gritty realism train of Batman versus the like more fantastical uh, George Clooney era. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I would imagine the show is going to be a similar tone to it, which is a good fit for HBO. Like that's their thing, like gritty crime dramas. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, you're right. I think with with the tone they're trying to take with the movie being like more the detective style with I mean, obviously it's going to have some Batman-esque things in it. Um, and we've talked about this quite a bit uh, when they first released some of the pictures and things like that. So we won't, we won't dig into it too much. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to fit well stylistically to give that world a little bit more gravitas. And that's the really interesting part though, is like Marvel's doing the same thing with a lot of their spinoff series on Disney plus. It's like, how much is this show going to impact future potential movies? If Pattinson's movie does really well, is there going to be things that they leave Easter eggs to in the show that are going to come up in future movies of like different big bad guys or gangsters pulling the strings behind things. Like that's where I'm really interested to see where this kind of goes. I just, I don't think any movie studio would ever be dumb enough to make a television series mandatory watching for you to understand what's happening in a sequel. Mm. Like that would just be a really bad idea. You're going to turn away a lot of people, 
But could you, but couldn't you tie it in well enough that like you are name dropping things that, I mean, you definitely allude to in the movie itself also, but continue to build suspense for it in the TV show just to give the payoff in like another movie. I mean, I think you can go both ways. I agree with you. I don't think you should leave it one or the other and try to like only set up your teasers in the TV show because that you're right. That's a stupid way to build hype for a second movie. Well, it's not even so much like teasers and stuff, but like you can't have plot points that happen in the TV series be crucial to understanding what's going on in your movie. Like it just yeah, doesn't. I agree. I think it needs to complement the movie series. And yeah. It does. And yeah. I, I see this was the problem though. I think with uh, agents of shield when it first started is the entire first season, they like couldn't do anything because they were waiting for captain America winter soldier to like kickstart everything that they wanted to do with their show Mm. uh because like the big reveal was that hydra was still around right and like they can't they're gonna be in the gcpd they can't spoil that reveal in a tv show and then have hydra show up in a movie just like oh we're here (laughs) (laughs) like that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about like a tv show can't have that kind of stuff in it because you can't count on your audience watching that tv show and then going to see your sequel yeah yeah, I, I saw you. the sequel. I didn't see Agents of Shield, and I have yeah. still have no want to see Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield was was a surprisingly good show for like the first like three seasons, and then it got kind of crazy. Like, My, yeah, the further they got away, and that, and I think that's to, to another point, Matt. You have to tie in closely enough because then the further they got away from the movies too. I think the worse the show got, like the less they started trying to follow events and things like that that were happening in the cinematic universe, like the harder it was to not only follow, but also like the more. Yeah. I mean, I I just think the problem you inevitably run into is that people who are a big fan of the show, like inevitably want their favorite characters to come over to the movie side of things. People on the movie side don't care about who these people are. Like, that's true. Like they don't have five years of background information on this character to love them. So, although I honestly, the only person I want coming over from any of the CW shows into the like DC universe would be Oliver Queen. Like he's, I, I like Grant Gustin a lot too, but I, uh, Oliver Queen, Stephen Amell is, is, I think he's a very, very good Green Arrow, and I would love to see him in the movie universe too. But it just, it just won't happen because you're right because it's just, but I don't weird know in Hollywood dynamics. In this particular case, it seems like they're finally starting to move away from this whole connected universe idea for DC. Uh, Like, on the whole, like, they're not shooting for Justice League anymore, it doesn't feel like. (laughs) Uh, Fingers crossed. So I think they could potentially do more with, like, their own smaller connected universe of Gotham across various platforms. I think that might be more doable. That'd be interesting. Yeah, what do you think, think Cole? Well, no, as you guys were talking, I kind of thinking about Ron and his Ron take on the DC universe, as they would put it. <laughs> um, this might also give DC the option to keep it like it doesn't like it's not Disney Plus. You don't have to make it PG thirteen. Mm. You can make this show whatever you want. It can be a oh. gritty gritty cop drama like an NYPD. Or we're going to hear then, Commissioner Gordon say fuck. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think it's going to be even grittier than NYPD. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I was just using them on Showtime or something like that. True Detective, yeah, there we go. And so I'm like, yeah, maybe, I think that's maybe, what we're gonna yeah. Be. 
Yeah, and I and I like that. I think yeah. I'm on board with that. I'm always when Ron talks about the uh, DC should just stick to like the rated R thing. I'm like, I'm not against that because or you know maybe you know. they'll go like the Brooklyn Nine Nine route and just make this like an absurd <laughs> comedy. I think you'll lose a lot of people if you go that route. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, probably. I would love to see it for like one season and then I'd be done with it. <laughs> maybe not even that long. Um, I think. Cole, to your point, I the I think the problem that DC has of going completely gritty though is you run into the and this is this is the last thing I promise. Then I'll, I'm I'm going to switch our topic up so we don't get down a, a comic book spiral again. Is you have the epitome of Boy Scout in the DC universe, and that's what everybody hated about Zack Snyder's Man of Steel was that they tried to make Superman this brooding, like gritty character, and that's not who mm-hmm. he is. Like. Well, that could be where this TV show idea becomes really smart, though, because they can make like their TV shows without these big characters in them. Mm-hmm. You can allude them to them. that, yeah, that you very allude. gritty, very R-rated thing, and then have your movies be a little different in tone, especially for someone like Superman or something. Well, yeah. they did that with like Shazam. And so that was more of a fun loving kind of movie type thing, but mm-hmm. they alluded to that gritty Superman. Well, yeah. And that's, that's where like, uh, I think that they're starting to move away from this whole justice league idea. Like they're letting their movies like stand alone and be like their own thing tonally even like they, mm-hmm. like Shazam does not have to feel like he fits in the same universe as, as Batman as yeah as robert pattinson's batman does like they can Mm -hmm. let them be their own thing so they can feel totally out of place in each other's worlds yeah i think you're right and so it'll be interesting to see where they take it either way it's batman related i'm gonna be pumped for it um (laughs) and matt i think you're right commissioner gordon will probably say fuck at some point Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so on this is on the topic of the superheroes and and such we're gonna take a take a little pivot here I wanted to, since we didn't have any kind of summer blockbusters happening this year, thanks COVID, uh, <laughs> I wanted to go down memory lane with you guys and figure out what was the best summer blockbuster you've ever seen in person, like actually seen in theaters though. Like you couldn't I mean, see it afterwards, like three years later, you saw that in theaters live, it's your favorite. What was just it? To, just to your point that there are no blockbusters this summer. Uh, Netflix just dropped Zac Efron's new travel series and if that's not a blockbuster I don't know what is <laughs> I watched an episode of it it was a little slow <laughs> I thought it was great oh, I can only imagine why I saw, I saw your post Matt on Facebook and I was like what is that <laughs> Who is I read it I was like oh yeah Zac Efron has his shirt off I mean there was the appeal for people to get people in the door it's an First, interesting show it was just slow the first episode takes place in Iceland and he still has his shirt off in the episode multiple <laughs> times. So <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, on, the, on that note, Matt, what, what we're going to put you on the spot <laughs> since you had to plug Zach F on there. Uh, wh- what was your favorite blockbuster that you've seen in theaters? Uh, my favorite blockbuster that I've seen in theaters. Uh, was probably Inception. Inception, Christopher Nolan, solid choice. Yep. That movie had me talking about it more, I think, than any movie I have seen in the theaters. Like, I don't think I've talked about a movie more after I finished watching it than I did Inception. Well, yeah, and that's to mm-hmm. me why it was like my quintessential, like you had to be in the theater movie experience. Like, 
everyone had to go see that movie because it's all anyone was talking about for like weeks that summer. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Debate. I love that movie. Oh yeah, and then I mean, just the de- I mean, the debate still rages on uh, about whether or not yep. is he is he in the dream or is he not in the dream. In my opinion, he's definitely not in the dream because I buy into the theory that his wedding ring is his totem and not the top because I the feel top like, was Mal's. And this is another reason why I enjoyed this movie so much because I feel like every time I watch it, I come away believing something different at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's only two options, Matt. I don't know how you. Can I know, but like I things. can't. I can't, like, I'll watch it one time and be like, oh, I definitely think he was dreaming. And then the next time I watch it, I'll be like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think for me, like, regardless if he's dreaming or not, he's where he wants to be and he's accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish previous to agree. that moment. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I was, I, when I saw it in the theaters, I remember seeing it in the theaters going, no, no, it stopped. Well, maybe it did. Maybe it did. You know, that <laughs> <laughs> but then as I get older and I watch it and I go, you know what? It doesn't matter. He's happy. Yep. He's happy. And that's all that matters. He's accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish to this point, And now he's happy. Okay. Well, I, he's, I, th- I think that's an aspect where the movie has aged really well. Uh, because you can get to that point where you're like, it, like, it's gotten to that point where it's beyond, is he dreaming or not? It's, does it even matter if he's dreaming or not? Like that, mm-hmm. the discussion has evolved. You just go, you just get the whoa, whoa in there. Yep. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, so Matt, without, without spoiling it for anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, why should they watch that movie if, if they haven't seen it? Uh, it's the trippiest action movie released in the last like 30 years. <laughs> like... Agreed. Yeah. I think some of the cinematography and effects they do in that is, is yeah, phenomenal. I mean, yes. If, if you're not a fan of Christopher Nolan's directorial style, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, True, because he he just has this really great sense of how to film action, mm-hmm. uh, and he I think part of the reason he's so successful at what he does is uh, his reliance on practical effects over CGI for as much as he can get away with. Yeah, like there's in Inception, there's this really cool fight scene uh, that is done entirely like on a set. Nothing is CGI. Uh, the one in the hallway in the hotel. Yep. 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 I, I still I don't know how they actually, I've seen it Again, behind the scenes. No spoilers. Like, I still don't know how it happened. No spoilers, but it's done entirely in real life. <laughs> like, yeah. It just blows my mind. Yeah. And I mean, the performances in the movie are, are great as well. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio is great in pretty much everything he does. I also love Tom uh, Hardy in everything he does. The yeah. cast is just absolutely stacked to it the top. It is amazing. <laughs> like... <laughs> You've got Leonardo DiCaprio, you've got Tom Hardy, you've got Michael Caine, you've got Ellen Page, like, and that was Ellen Page, like, at the height of her, like, her fame, like. It's true. I forgot, yeah. I always forget she's in that, to be honest, like, until I see her, I'm like, that's right, she's in this movie. <laughs> she kind of has a big part. I know she does, but I just, I just, it just, I, she always slips my mind. But yeah, I mean, the performances are great, everything yeah. about it is just, it's a fantastic movie. I might have to go watch Inception again. See, you want to go watch it now. It's oh, currently works. available to watch on TNT streaming. TNT, I got that on my on my Apple TV. I'll be watching that. <laughs> so, what about I, you, Cole? I have it on Blu-ray. Um, so for me, um, I'm a little older than you guys, except for Adam. Um, for me, in the theaters, I pick the Fast and the Furious, the original, 2001. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> so for me, it's because um, I was 16 and just got my first car. <laughs> And uh, it was yeah. a 1990 <laughs> Buick Regal, which you can do nothing to. 
But I wonder you couldn't check that out with uh, like aftermarket parts. Nothing, not, not like in a Fast and a Furious way. <laughs> Plus, really I bought old. it for five hundred bucks, and the uh, <laughs> transmission dropped probably two years after I bought it. So you know, I mean, hey, you know, for five hundred bucks, that's it's a pretty good deal, I think. <laughs> it is. It is. But no, I, I I loved it. I saw it. I think I saw it three times in the theaters with uh, a couple of my friends, and like, I just it was, it was just so good and. And I'm not saying it's like an Academy Award winning good, but it's just so <laughs> classic um, because like you think of what Fast and the Furious has become mm-hmm. and it is so much <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah. Like, try telling like that to a kid, maybe like a, a 13 or 14 year old now who says they love like Fast and the Furious and they only have seen like Fast and the Furious like three through seven or three through eight. Oh, gosh, and you're like, horrible. you don't even know kid. Like you haven't seen what this, what this is actually supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I mean, as a as a movie itself it dropped it dropped off considerably after the first one <laughs> um but i mean you didn't like tokyo drift too uh i mean it had its moments but not really at all <laughs> listen <laughs> trust me when i say you need to go back and rewatch tokyo drift because it's so much better than you thought it was the first time no no i've i've rewatched it like seven or eight times since i've originally saw it and i mean han's, han's take is out. probably that that's the best one of the series yeah, that would be his controversial take. Ron, okay, I did talk to Ron shortly about this, and Ron said, I think he said his first Fast and the Furious he saw was the fifth one, and he hadn't Jeez. seen any of the ones previous before seeing the fifth one. Um, and to uh, him, the fifth one is the best one, is what he told me. That's kind oh, of the geez. beautiful thing about the Fast and the Furious, though, is you don't need to have seen any of the other movies no. in the series. Like, they're not like <laughs> plot heavy, interconnected. <laughs> like, there's no lore here. No, like I family think... is important. Everyone's family. <laughs> <And> like... Coronas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's drive some cars real fast. Yeah. I just, I think it's, um, I just, for me, it just hit me at that time in my life where I was just learning to drive a car and I'm like, I want all this stuff. Give me NAS. Give me like, you know, the. You want to the... be a street racer. I want to be you. a street racer with my uh, Buick Regal. <laughs> that was so... not a street racing car. So convince somebody that hasn't seen the first Fast and the Furious movie to watch it. No spoilers. Uh, no, spo- no spoilers. I mean, if you um, haven't seen it, you probably have, like, didn't even know point, it existed. Yeah. It's been 19 <laughs> years. came out 19 years ago. Um, so if you haven't seen the Fast and the Furious one, have you lived in a, in a hole for the last 19 years? Um, but I think it's just, in general, if you, like, I've seen all of them except for this newest one that hasn't come out yet. I think it's what it should have been. And if they would have just stayed in that realm of Fast and the Furious, I think, I really honestly think it could have been a really great trilogy. And it just, like I said in earlier, go see the first one because the first one is the best one. And it just falls off a cliff after the first one. Um, and plus, you know, Dominic Toretto played by Vin Diesel and, uh, and Paul Walker, they're just, their dynamic in that first one are just, so good and the back and forth of most of the characters i, I just love it I, I could watch it right now and be just mm-hmm. as excited about it now as i was when i was 16 so i mean i don't i don't want to turn this into debate or anything but oh, it's gosh. definitely not the best fast and furious movie <laughs> oh, means you can be wrong matt and that's okay uh, matt's trying to be around in this in this episode i got it <laughs> it's, it's okay he's gonna tell me <laughs> no, tokyo I mean, drift's the best one but that's fine <laughs> No, I don't think Tokyo Drift's the best one. I just don't think the first one's the best one either. I think you should rewatch the first one and really just get into it. I don't know. For me, for me, the Fast and Furious movies are just like fun, and there are just 
there are later movies that are just way more fun to me than the original one is. I think, I think to Cole's point though, and I haven't seen all of them. So I, this is with a grain of salt. The first one has the best story to it for sure. It has a story. That's it actually, it. <laughs> cause it has, it actually has a story. <laughs> to your point, Matt, if you're looking for a fun movie and you like cars going fast, you know, check well, out see, the series. That, <laughs> that is what I look for in this movie series, which is why I just, I think the first one is just not the greatest to me. I gotcha. Too much story for you, Matt. Too Can't much. follow it. <laughs> <laughs> Depends yeah. on the state of mind. <laughs> if, the, uh, if the story is any more complicated than take this car from point A to point B, <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> Love it. Adam, what about you? What was your favorite summer blockbuster? Hang on, we got to back up here real quick. I got to throw in my two cents. Uh, unfortunately oh, oh. for our listeners, oh. The Fast and the Furious is not available to stream currently. Oh. You're, you're going to have to pay a little bit of money, three bucks. Actually, I have to and, rent it. Uh, and rent See, it. another reason why it's not the best. Or, you know, you probably already own it. On <laughs> I DVD was like, I already anyway, own it honest. on digital, so we're good. <laughs> so you can borrow Cole's copy. <laughs> I'll give you my Apple login. You guys can watch it. <laughs> Message us for details. Apple, we would never do that to you. Um, my favorite block summer blockbuster came with the best soundtrack jurassic park film all time no jurassic park doesn't have a soundtrack jurassic park has a score inception Inception has a score you're too young to have seen top gun in theaters that is a great uh, soundtrack was, that was my number one until we threw the caveat in that we must have seen it in theaters yep um i don't remember half of jurassic park in theaters so i'm not counting that one that's fair, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> i'm pretty sure you only actually saw half of jurassic park I in theaters positive so. i only saw half of jurassic park in theaters and i, I know mean, exactly at what point we left in your defense you were what like four or five years old when you saw that in theaters yep. something like that yeah something yeah. like that yeah, I think I, mean, I had just turned five. That would have been a, that would have been a so, pretty intense movie to watch in theaters as a five year old. <laughs> so I got I gotta go with a uh, a Marvel. Okay, and it's got a oh, it's got a soundtrack. It's got to be Guardians. Oh, I know which one you're talking yeah. about. GOG Guardians of the Galaxy. That was yep. a good uh, one. That was a really that good is one. a solid soundtrack. You're right. It is. I mean, they really made that a, a sticking point to the entire movie too. Like that's what I love. I think that's one of the things I've loved about both those in the series of that so far is the the volume one and volume two I mean, is having the corresponding soundtracks to it and it's half the reason everybody wants the number the number three to come out yeah i just want to know what song i just want to know what classic songs they're gonna throw at us next uh, as long as there's no cardi b on it i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> although i would love to see chris pratt as star lord re- reacting to like today's music oh, because would, i think that would be very funny that would be very funny <laughs> so so you said so is it your favorite because of the soundtrack or is it your favorite for other reasons so i think i think it's everybody's favorite because they fell in love with the soundtrack first like they released the soundtrack they dropped it they got everybody all excited coming up to august I'm pretty sure they gave it out for free too they did, did. Yeah, yeah they did it was dropped for genius free. marketing yes it was and then everybody's like what are they putting together with this <laughs> but we went and saw it and then you get introduced to the elemental stone and that's your first hint of what's to come in the larger. I do MCU. think that is the official first mention of the Infinity Stones. I think you're right. You I think it is right. too. Because yeah. you have the Tesseract the, before that, but the then whole, they don't, yeah, we don't, they don't ever refer stone. to it. We get, yeah. the whole, we get the whole picture blown out by uh, the Collector. 
and I think and, uh, you have the basically the Mindstone before that too in, in to. Avengers, right? Uh, no, Guardians happened. Uh, I mean, it was Tesseract. there, but it wasn't. Um, it was in. I mean, it was in Loki's scepter, but it yeah. Wasn't, again, they never. Yeah. They never yeah. refer to it that way. Yeah. So it's technically the third one we've seen, but the first one we actually know we've seen. <laughs> oh, and then they explain them all. Yeah. Yes. And I, and to your point, Adam, I I remember I saw this in theaters at a sneak preview one Saturday morning, and this was the reason that like I had watched some of the Marvel movies, but I wasn't really into Marvel movies because guardians of the galaxy seemed to like complete some stories for me i was like i have to go back go back and watch the rest of them and get caught up oh yeah and it's one um, of those movies you can just put on and watch like you don't yeah. need to have any of the other avengers movies it stands alone by itself mm-hmm. um, yeah it does a really good job mm-hmm. i know uh i know it took me forever I know I went and watched it with you guys and it took me forever to convince uh, my wife that she was going to like it and that she should go watch it after I'd seen it with you guys. And she was like, no, it looks so stupid. It looks really stupid. Cause I mean, to that point and like, nobody knew who these characters were and no, it I mean, did look stupid. They were like the Z list Marvel, Marvel heroes. <laughs> oh, yeah. they were. And who have grown to be some of our favorites. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're they're total A list now. Give me, like, give me baby, Rocket any day. Baby Groot sold more merchandise for Marvel than I think any <laughs> other character, except for maybe like Captain America's like Shield. Those that could be the only thing I've seen sold more yeah, than you, you forgot baby about Groot Captain plushies. America's ass. <laughs> oh, that is America's ass. I'm still on the lookout for my Captain America's ass plushie. If anyone has seen <laughs> one of those, <laughs> uh, you'd probably have to go to some interesting websites, but I bet you could find it. I, I don't think I'd have to go to that interesting of a website. I'd probably just have to go to like Spencer's. <laughs> Someone on Etsy is definitely selling a crocheted version of America's ass. Guaranteed. <laughs> so Ada, so you did a pretty good job selling it uh, to this point. Give it, give somebody who hasn't seen it, thinks it looks stupid. The, the two sentence version of why they need to go watch it. If you get enough action and just, quirkiness out of this film that you're like what and then you get into yes and then it just builds like it it's a mix of action it's a mix of great humor uh you get introduced to characters that now go on to become larger players within the mcu and it's just a fun very very fun movie which is really backed i think by that that soundtrack that we yeah i mean about. if you're unconvinced just go listen to the soundtrack and if that doesn't convince you then you're probably, a Dead probably music. <laughs> yeah. if you hate music is the only reason you shouldn't see this movie yeah, is that much. the easiest way to sum that up yeah so we got two fun movies and one uh trippy and guardians movie. of the galaxy is available to stream on disney plus <laughs> Truth. there you go didn't adam didn't have to plug it himself uh so i'm sure mine comes is going to come as a big shock to you guys <laughs> um and the reason i have it the the reason i had to pick the movie that i picked was it's the one movie that i remember seeing like more in theater like it's the first one i really remember going to see multiple times like intentionally um where like i was inviting other people to go see it again in theaters rather than like getting invited by people who hadn't seen it yet that kind of thing i was like oh you haven't seen it like we should totally go see it again (laughs) uh and that movie is the dark knight and so Christopher Nolan making his second addition to the the summer blockbuster list here. Matt, you had uh, something to say? Yeah, before you get into this, into this, I just want to take this moment to accuse you of being a liar, sir. Is it is it a May movie? Was I wrong? 
No, I am accusing you of being a liar because you said at the beginning of this podcast that you weren't planning to talk about comic books this week. All right. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> I was just planning on talking about The Dark Knight. Uh, because which has nothing to do with comic books. I mean, no. I mean, it, <laughs> it was only the most. Actually, it wasn't even that faithful. Of a, I mean, it was a semi-faithful comic book adaptation. Um, but anyway, uh, Christopher Nolan, to Matt's point again, a fantastic director overall, and it has a really talented knack for shooting action scenes. And this was the first Batman movie, in my opinion, since actually pretty much ever that you really saw like the the detective side of batman coming out and you didn't know what was really going on because the joker which he thought you played fantastically like you you believed him like you didn't think he actually had a plan and i mean there's all sorts of like articles out there on the internet they're like he absolutely did not have a plan he just got ridiculously lucky like and there's a lot of things that swing his way in terms of coincidence and like situations that probably shouldn't have happened but i mean you know hollywood so it's gonna happen um but i think they definitely had a plan side oh definitely i, I agree too. With you. joker always has a plan he just makes it look like he doesn't have a plan um kind of yeah. like jack sparrow what were you gonna say adam i was gonna say he had a better plan than you have for this uh podcast piece that you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> I mean, very similar to the movies you guys have talked about. If you if you haven't seen it yet, like I don't know why. Like, are you a Batman hater? Do you just hate comic book movies in general? And if I mean, so, I mean, you're living through Hollywood hell right now. If you if you do, so they probably prefer Superman. Oh, that's just sad. And they should have seen it in IMAX. I got to and see this in IMAX. Should. It's opening night, and it was amazing. This movie yep. was amazing in IMAX. Yep. Highly recommend if you have the chance to see any film in IMAX that you do it. Correct. That's why I went back and saw Jurassic Park when they released it in IMAX 3D. I do that with the new 3D too. See, I hate 3D, so I don't so, mind it. I don't mind it now because it's like not like in your face, like things popping out of the screen 3D, like they made it when the 3D movies first came out. It's just actually like adds a little depth to it. See, I just don't. I just don't have contacts, so I have to wear 3D glasses over top of my regular glasses, and well, I see, hate you that. Grow up and get contacts like an adult. Yeah, Matt, I used to be in the same group as you, and, so, and then I got context, and now I love 3D movies. <laughs> uh, I refuse to change. Hollywood must change to accommodate me. <laughs> I believe Hollywood's just going to give you the middle finger and keep on walking. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, but for anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, it's a fantastically acted movie. You are in suspense pretty much the entire time, and you're trying to piece together everything alongside uh, Batman as he goes through understanding how to find and how to stop the Joker and it's just one of the most like I said the I think it was the most suspenseful up to like Infinity War and Endgame suspenseful superhero movies I've ever seen and so I think that would be the reason that you should watch it if you like suspense movies at all if you're into I mean detective movies at all you have a little bit of everything great action uh, overall phenomenal film Heath Ledger deserved the awards he was given, although we've talked about it before. He probably wouldn't have gotten it had he still been alive. Uh, you can have that debate all you want to, but top to bottom, great acting. Uh, well worth the watch if you haven't seen it, but I mean, it was, it, 
I'm almost everybody has seen it if you were ever going to. So don't watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to join us today. Uh, little sneak peek at next week. We're going to take a, take a detour from our regularly scheduled programming and we're going to be talking about some romance movies on top of some other things going on in, in, in Hollywood as much as we can. Uh, so you guys can tune in for that. It is a little bit of a different take. Four, four or five guys talking about romantic movies should lead for an interesting conversation. So I'm really excited to see where that one goes next week. If you haven't already, make sure you like us on all the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, hit us up in the messages if you ever want us to talk about anything or if you have an interesting perspective you want to share. And until next time, enjoy streaming your movies at home. <laughs>